On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, the Twins call up a top prospect, and we take a look at some early waiver wire targets for the weekend. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, April 23rd. Derek Van Riper here with Ido Saris, a Rates and Barrels edition of Fantasy Baseball in 15. The rotation continues in the absence of Michael Beller. Congratulations to him. Babies. As he welcomed a baby, yes, a daughter, into the world earlier this week. And El Melchior is on the road. So uh, it's a fun time here on Fantasy Baseball in 15. At least you're not talking to yourself. <laughs> I don't like talking to myself. I don't like solo shows. So thank you for doing this. One top prospect comes up in Minnesota, Alex Kirilov. We wondered on Rates and Barrels on Wednesday if the first wave of in-season call-ups was going to happen. Kirilov, to me, was the guy that seemed like a shoe-in just because they have needed him ever since they decided they were going to non-tender Eddie Rosario. So the question for you is, what is the shallowest type of league where you're going to think about picking up Alex Kirilov? I think 10 actually might be a stretch because I think he's kind of like a 280, 20 homer, five steal guy. And in 10 team leagues, I, I, am I crazy? Is that like almost average? And that's like, you're kind of hoping he gets there, right? That's like almost an average roster spot in 10 teams. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? No, it seems like an appropriate place to draw the line. Because a lot of those 10 team leagues also only use three mm. outfielders. So that's what makes the, the quality of the active outfielders so high as we're shortening to the top 30 to 35 in the league instead of pushing the top 60 that we yeah. might see in a 12-team or with five outfielders. So I do think a 10-team league is borderline. It, maybe if you start five outfielders, you go ahead and do it. But I would agree with you, 270, 280, 20 home run power. And there's a chance he doesn't get to it all right away. I mean, he's a little more advanced right. than some of the other prospects that we're hoping to get promoted to the big leagues. But I'm looking at Kirilov and a little bit careful with him in those shallow mixed leagues. Just look at the, all the guys they ran through before. Like half of them didn't work mm-hmm. out. So I'm not saying that Kirilov is better quality, but you know. Twins are also bringing up Nick Gordon. I think it's more of a utility infield sort of role. Oh, I just dropped him. He's not very good. <laughs> I don't think he's very good. That's yeah. why I dropped him. <laughs> I don't see him being useful outside of AL only leagues in the short term. I don't think he'll play enough. Do you, I wonder if it has anything to do with Luis Arias throwing the ball away to lose that game. They're like, what if we had Nick Gordon here? He would probably play better defense. Yeah, but he's not going to hit like Arias. And- but you, they were ahead, I think. So you just put Nick Gordon, a defensive replacement. So that's that's the deal. Defensive replacement and running with the with the uh, uh, extra innings rule. You want, a, you want a fast guy that you don't really care about using otherwise. So you just throw him on second in the extra innings, I think. I mean, I, I don't think they're they're going to feature him. There was a pretty amazing sequence earlier this week. The Royals were down one in the ninth against Diego Castillo. Michael Taylor got a single to start the bottom of the inning. They pinch ran for Michael Taylor with Gerard Dyson. Dyson stole second. They bunted him over, and they, they squeezed him in on another bunt. It was small go. ball to tie it. It was amazing. So, yeah, you could see Nick Gordon maybe being... Uh, an infield version of Gerard Dyson coming in late in games, having some roles like that. Miguel Sano was the corresponding move for one of those promotions. He goes on the he's IL. Hurt. Yeah, he's down. Uh, he hasn't been playing well either. So 
I'm a little concerned about Sano at this point. Is he a dropper if you run out of space? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking 10s, 10s and 12s where you don't have unlimited IL or not even any IL at all, I, I think you'd at least consider it in those formats. There's always a risk with that super high strikeout rate and the fact that uh, even when he's going well, it could be like a 220, 225 batting average. So, uh, yeah, if you don't need the power so much um, and there's a lot of homers going everywhere and uh, he hasn't been, he's been a zero for you in a 10 or a 12, I think. And you need the spot, I think it might be okay to drop him. Yeah, I'm with you. A couple of early exits on Thursday. Mike Trout left after getting hit by a pitch in the elbow. They're calling it an elbow contusion right now. He is day-to-day. The game was a bit out of hand. It was the fifth inning when he left. I think the Angels were down eight at the time, so that may have been a precautionary removal for him. Uh, Evan Longoria left with hamstring tightness on Thursday night, so he is day-to-day as well. Here's a news item that really surprised me, though, Eno. Nelson Lamette is going to try and play catch on Friday, and the Padres are hopeful that he's going to be ready to return from the IL after the 10-day minimum. He was previously going to have an MRI. They decided not to have him do that right now. I still have no reason to believe that he's going to be okay, even though the Padres are trying to insist that he will be okay. I mean, it's not a good sign, right? <laughs> They're all like, it, it seems like kind of head and sandish. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I I have some rankings coming out tomorrow, and I had no idea. I had no idea where to put Lamette. Just because, like, yeah, he's good, but like, will you get another start out of him? Like, period. Uh, I and I feel bad for everybody that like invested FAB funds because now you don't even know what to do with him, especially if you don't have an IL. I, um, I, what, okay. What's the percentage likelihood he pitches another inning this year? Is it like, is it over 50? Over 50, I think based on the way they're describing it. But even if I said, okay, he's going to come back. If I set the over under at 59 innings, the rest of the season for Denelson Lamette, like sadly, I'd want to take the under on that line. And I feel, I mean, that's a really low total for a starter to reach over the next five months. Yeah. So, uh, no matter what, uh, it's, uh, it's not good news. It's not good news. And it, back to that, uh, angels game real quick. Uh, Alex Cobb was the reason it was out of hand and trout left early. Uh, I'm not sure though, that I want to drop all my shares of Alex Cobb, First of all, I can give you the preview that his uh, stuff and command numbers are good. And then uh, on top of that, his next start is at uh, Texas. And that's a beauty. Sometimes it's always just like, how good is your next matchup? I, In fact, I think this matchup was not an amazing matchup for him. You know, uh, Houston is a, is a deceptively good offense. So uh, if you if you have to drop Cobb, uh, I understand. I'm cool. It's, you know, uh, we, we got no beef. <laughs> But uh, think about that Rangers start and think maybe he'd be good in that Rangers start. I tried to talk myself into Cobb as a viable streamer for Thursday. I didn't end up getting him anywhere. I don't have any daily moves leagues where he was available. But the reason I tried to talk myself into it is I thought maybe with Houston leaving Colorado, there was an opportunity there where you know VMI and air density, the changes that, that Al Melchior has written a lot about, maybe something like that would cause that Houston offense to struggle a bit. That was not the case. They put up eight runs. I didn't expect this a bad of a start. It, he all eight runs weren't his, but uh, I didn't expect this bad of a start. But 
it was a one-start week against the Astros. I don't think that you needed to necessarily start him in this one. Next week at Rangers, uh, more of a more of a neat start. I'm with you. Definitely in for that next turn against Texas, even with the things that went wrong for Cobb on Thursday. There were a few really nice pitching performances on Thursday, though. Ryan Weathers, who ultimately is going to be in the rotation at least until Denelson Lamette tries to come back, possibly longer, five scoreless against the Dodgers. I mean, he started against the Dodgers, only went three and change last weekend in the first game of that series, but Ryan Weathers looks legit. You know, This is a guy that didn't pitch above high A, I'm impressed by what I've seen so far. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I think it's partially because of the shape of his fastball. Uh, His command isn't great. His stuff and command numbers are not good. Stuff number uh, we got right now is 74. Uh, I'm waiting for an update. However, uh, the other number that really does matter is strikeouts minus walks. That's one of the best, most powerful numbers you can look at right now. And he is well above average. Also, when you look at him, watch him play, it's a good velo. It seems like he has a good mix. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be an absolutist on these stuff and command numbers. And, uh, I have him, I think in my top 125, I'm not sure that I have him in my top 75 though. I could see him cracking that range. If we get a little more clarity on his role and ended up being five and two thirds scoreless, one hit six K's one walk against really what looks like the league's best offense right now. Walker Bueller was spinning a gem on the other side. That game is in progress as we record. He's through six and a third, two earned runs, but seven Ks, no walks. Uh, and again, that's against a pretty healthy San Diego lineup right now. You mentioned Alex Cobb before. Christian Javier came back from the alternate site, pitched pretty well in that one. Five scoreless, nine Ks oh, against the Angels. Love him, love him. It's not great command, but otherwise it's beautiful. Yeah, the, the individual pitches. I think when he came up last year, the way you described them, that got me excited about Christian Javier, even with that command flaw. Yeah, yeah. So I, I and and you know, I think that the Astros on a, on a, on some actually have a decent schedule. You know, I know that Oakland can can bop some, um, and there's some places they'll go, but I think the Astros actually have a decent schedule. I think that'll help them to a division title, but also uh, help some of their pitchers. Now that Colorado is behind them, don't drop Urquidy yet. <laughs> I know I saw a couple questions come in yeah, on Twitter. I deserved them. I deserved them, but it was it was a Colorado start. It's anyway, fair. that's not that's not relevant to Thursday. <laughs> uh, let's get a quick preview of some players we might be thinking about in Fab this weekend. Ryan Weathers, of course, definitely a part of that conversation. I think I'm a little higher on than you are. You know, I do think you want to look start by start in terms of where you're going to use them, but. A lot of confidence coming off of two strong appearances against the Dodgers. But I think the focus this weekend might be on the Cincinnati bullpen, where Amir Garrett has gotten off to a slow start this season. And then Lucas Sims comes out on Thursday and gives up four runs. Three were earned. A couple of hits, a walk. He ended up taking the loss in that game. I watched game. that. Was it, I watched Was that. it as bad as it seems on paper? No, man. It was it was the extra inning rule where he's got a guy on second base already. He feels like he's got to be super fine, right? Um, and one of the pitches was like a high fastball, you know, 
like to, uh, high and away kind of barely in the zone. That's like a pretty good pitch almost to anybody. Like, uh, and it got, it got turned around for a single. It was like a couple singles, uh, some full counts, but he's kind of does that, right? He pitches to full counts and tries to get the strikeout. He's not, he's not uh, a command artist. He's a, he's a guy who's trying to strike you out with his breaking ball. He's just trying to get there. So, um, I, I'm looking at Garrett and, um, it just seems uh, there's something uh, off on Garrett's numbers, and uh, I, I kind of think Sims is about to take that job. I know they both didn't do amazingly, uh, but there's not really any other options uh, unless they make Anton the closer. So uh, I think they kind of are still hoping for Anton 100 innings, maybe as a starter. So right now I have them Sims, Anton, Garrett, I think, as likelihood for saves in the future. Our editor, Nando DeFino, chiming in off mic a thousand miles away with Jose De Leon. That was his push on Thursday. He's like, Jose De Leon, he's going short now, DVR. And I, I was surprised. I thought they were going to keep him uh, as more of a, a bulk option. It's true, but isn't he kind of like Antone where it's like maybe, I mean, they say he's going to leave, but like maybe, you know, like maybe he has one foot still in the rotation. Uh, I think Sims is definitively not in the rotation. Garrett is obviously not in the rotation. So I think there's like a little bit of a hope that like we can make one of these guys our closers. So. Well, if you're looking for speed this weekend, you might actually be able to find some. John Birdie wasn't really playing a lot through the early weeks of the season. He should play a lot more at third base because Brian Anderson went on the IL. I don't know if Birdie's anything more than a stopgap solution, but I think you actually can plug him in in somewhat shallow mixed leagues if you're desperate for steals. Yeah, and one of the nice, nice things is like if you didn't if you're not losing Anderson, like uh you can pitch him you can put him in anywhere, you know? So I think he's a, a league average type player that uh can hit like two sixty with like ten homer power and thirty steals. Like it's kind of a there's a lot of people out there looking for something like that. So I think this is a good a good moment for them. Yeah, he can be a useful glue guy. Uh, looking for possible drops. Is there anybody that you're looking at cutting who a week or two ago you wouldn't have thought about letting go? Well, Clint Frazier had another bad game, and uh, the barrel numbers don't look good. He never had good strikeout numbers. Uh, so it, you know, it becomes an issue when, you know, um, Brett Gardner is starting so often. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, oh, Brett Gardner is starting. And, uh, you know, I just don't, I I don't know that the the Yankees are looking to shake something up. And I don't know, man. I feel like uh, Frazier's days of starting every day look like they're kind of going out the window. Yeah, the defensive problems also hurt him if the bat is cold because you can't be bad in both facets when the team is struggling the way the Yankees have struggled early on. That is going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Wow, so fast, so quick. Yeah, it's like one-fifth the length of a typical rates and barrels. (laughs) Uh, If you're enjoying this show on a platform that allows you to rate and review it. I had so much more to say. (laughs) (laughs) We'd really appreciate ratings and reviews if you enjoyed this show. For Eno Saris, I'm Derek Van Riper. We are back with you on Monday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>